This is the Well, Well, Well podcast with Cassandra and Britt, episode 13, Eat Well, Sleep Well, Be Well. Welcome to your first well check. We've got two simple thoughts to help you improve your daily health, because we all got to eat and we all got to sleep. This is our first mini episode where we plan to get you in and out of here real quick with a couple new tips under your belt. Stay tuned. Well, 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 welcome to the podcast. We can't think of anything better than conversations with your friends about all the wellness. Let's discuss what the gurus are saying and weave the good stuff into our lives. We aren't experts, but we are your friends and we are here with you. We are so glad you joined us. Hey boo, can you leave us a review? It would be so nice of you. It helps us reach people who would enjoy it too. Thank you. Well, hello everybody. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to jump right into this bevy here. This adorable can. Adorable can. Another good can. I know. It's a really good can. So we've got Zevia Organic Tea, Sweetened Hibiscus Tea Passion Fruit. Okay, that's what the can says. So right off the bat, you hear the word Zevia, and you know that this little baby's been sweetened with Stevia. There's a connection. What do you think? We know how Cassandra feels about Stevia, so what do you think? I have to be honest. I actually do like this one with Stevia. I'm going to venture to guess why you like this one more than other ones. It has sucralose in it. No, it doesn't have sucralose. The reason why I think you might like this one, first of all, is because it's not an overpowering amount of Stevia. It's not at all. Mildly sweet. It's not too sweet and there's no aftertaste. There's no aftertaste. And not all stevia can be treated equally. I learned from our good old Just Ingredients gal that organic stevia is much different than regular stevia. Like when you go to Starbucks or something and there's like stevia packets, Mm -hmm. the most common one that you see is actually made by Coke and as in Coca-Cola. So as in like the mothership. As in the mothership. And they have mass produced this baby and it's basically everywhere, just like you can find sweet and low everywhere, you know, the blue packet, the yellow packet. Okay. So it's owned by Coke, but it is not what you think it is. It's not actually the sweetener from the leaf. It has like hundreds of ingredients. And so good old Carolyn taught us that you have to actually look for an organic one. And since this drink is organic, I think they're using the good stevia, which has a better aftertaste and flavor. Better ingredients. Better ingredients. Exactly. So, so maybe that's why the first time that like Coke it. has failed me is with their stevia. You know what, Coke? Stick to putting 100 ingredients in my Diet Coke and leave the tea alone. Know your niche, Coke. The first time I saw the word organic on a beverage... Kind of felt like they'd gone too far. Like, hmm, we're going to call a water-based product organic? Well, it's organic water. I think we've we've kind of gone a little too far with the marketing. But then now I realize, having learned more, that it's talking about the ingredients. You want to look for organic, especially if you're looking for a no-sugar beverage. Which a lot of people are. Yeah. Okay, so there's our beverage for us. For today's topic, we have a few questions for you. Do you stay up late? Do you wake up early? Do you do both and you feel like you're always tired? And what about your eating habits? Is your stomach always yelling at you? You're either too full, you're too hungry, or you fed your body the wrong item? We kind of thought it would be fun to chat about a few things that help us get on track with the lifestyle that we want most. Yeah. We got that self-loathing, a little bit of the shame. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, this isn't a scientifically proven fact that I've looked up. 
But I would say self-loathing probably primarily comes from people's thoughts about food. Oh, would you yeah. say that? I, I feel like most people I know that's like a big shame point for them. Yep. Is eating habits and food. Yeah, it's a huge one for sure. And so why are we indulging in that? That's no fun. No. You know? So there's just a couple quick tips and tricks that have helped us snap ourselves right out of that. Because of course we're human. We're not going to be perfect at any of these things. But instead of us feeling like our life is just like slipping by and we have no control over it, we have found a few things that have kind of helped us. Yeah. Instead of being in like this slippery sleep cycle and everything like that, we've we've come up with a couple of strategies. And it's not like a specific diet or anything. We're not going to say like, you know what it is, is eight to 10 hours of sleep. Ugh, bore me more. These thoughts should work for anybody, regardless of your diet, your non-diet, your allergies, your mom's diet, whatever. Right. We realize there's bigger issues in life than how we eat and sleep. But because these are like our basic daily needs. Yes. They're things that we should really kind of get a hold of. And I think we wrap a lot of drama around it. And really we can kind of simplify it. They affect us every day. And I know for one, I put way more drama around like just my sleep than I really need to. And when I started cleaning up my thoughts about that and I got really clear on how I wanted to think about my sleep, I have been feeling a million times better. Yeah. So Britt, what are the thoughts that you have about your sleep? Well, it's funny because as I am thinking about this, a lot of thoughts come up that I realize I've had for a super long time. Yeah. Like for example, I'm a night owl. I've been saying that since I was little. Since the beginning of time. Yes, that I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. I'm more productive at night. I love a quiet house when the kids are asleep. Yeah, you're more productive because the kids are asleep. Right. That's why. Right, but then when I think about it, I'm saying that now, but what was my excuse when I was a teenager? I was just more productive at night. Like, it's just always been kind of who I am, how I am. And sometimes having that train of thought has really worked out for me great, But then nowadays, I feel like that whole thought cycle just leaves me feeling like I can never catch up on sleep. Right, because then the next morning you're groggy. Right, and it's not like as an adult, you don't really get a bye. Like, you just have to jump right back into life. You just have to take your kids to school. Yeah, Yeah. whether whether you have kids or not, like, you're adulting. Yeah. There's no time for, I didn't get enough sleep last night. You just keep going. Yeah, there's no, like, sleeping in and hitting the alarm and all of that. Right, and so I feel like a lot of times my thoughts are things like that. So if we're listening to our body and trying to do what it's telling us to do, and we are wired at night and we can't settle down, isn't that our body's way of telling us it's good to stay up and relieve some of that energy? That's what I've always told myself. Right, but it's a good idea to kind of look at where that energy is even coming from. Right, like is it nervous energy because our house isn't clean or our reasons, I can think of a lot of different reasons why I have that nervous energy is it about my house not being clean is it about preparing for a meeting the next day is it about staying up late and just thinking about my kids like what is it right and sometimes maybe those things seem really useful like your brain thinks of all the most important things at night yes but would sleep actually serve those things better than what you're actually going to accomplish thinking about them I know Right? And so it's just a good idea to kind of take a look at it. And we have all these beliefs around sleep and all these thoughts around sleep. And so maybe we could kind of go, how often are we scrolling 
at night when we could be sleeping? How often are we catching up on episodes of things? Click that button next episode. You know? Next episode. Are you continuing to watch? Are you still watching Netflix? Yes. Yes. Resume. <laughs> Resume. Right. And so it, there might be times. We're not telling you that there's never times to stay up late to do things because sometimes it really might be the right choice. Yeah. Totally. But the question is, did you plan to stay up late to do those things? Right. Because I used to be like, I want to get my day ready for tomorrow. So I want to make sure that my workout clothes are out and ready. I want to make sure that my outfit is like ironed and fresh and ready for the next day. Not that I ironed, but if I did. Right. That's happening. I love when I make lunches the night before. It helps me so much in the morning. Yep. Or am I staying up to help a kid finish an assignment or, you know, like you said, finish big little lies or something. There are times when it's good to stay up to work on things and times where I kind of am making excuses and have to take a closer look. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a quick tip. We're both going to give you one little thing that has worked for us to get us to really question why we're staying up late. One of the things that I do with all of those things, all those things I listed are all good things, but it's better if I planned for those little things throughout my previous day and didn't leave them all for bedtime. Right. So creating a plan would be one of my definite strategies. Absolutely. I love that. And then also if you are staying up after hours, if you want to call it that, whatever those hours are for you. After hours? Isn't that like a hooker bar or something? It sounds like that, but I'm not saying that. Gosh, I'm saying like in your home life, whatever the normal after hours are for you, if you're staying up into those hours that could also be considered sleep hours, did you plan to do that? Or is this a result of lack of planning? That's kind of what you're saying, right? Exactly. Okay. So one of the things that I ask myself is as soon as I've got my kids to bed and I've put the dishes away, like gotten my kitchen somewhat wrapped up, Mm -hmm. I ask myself, have I looked over my plan for tomorrow? I love this so much. Yeah. And you just take a few minutes and you look over your plan for tomorrow and you can look at your to-do list and you can figure out when you're going to do each of those items the next day and you include things like you were just listing like making lunches any of the things you know that you're going to have to do rather than pushing them till night i think about like okay what about tomorrow what do i have on my calendar tomorrow and how can i prepare for that mm-hmm. and then after i've done that That kind of helps me determine some of the things that are in my mind that I think I need to do right then. I'm sometimes able to go, oh, I can save that for tomorrow. I'm going to have time for that tomorrow. I don't have to cut into my sleep hours to accomplish that task because I have time for it tomorrow. Right. But I found that out because I looked over my plan for tomorrow. Then other times I don't have time. So it becomes worth it to me to stay up and do the thing. So Britt, tell me about when you make your plan. Are you doing this in your phone like you do your thought downloads? Yeah, so I'm usually always doing this in my phone. And then I literally put the stupid task items. I say stupid because I mean things like calling a doctor, like little tasks. You know what? (laughs) Don't you dare call calling a doctor a little task. It is pure death. There's nothing worse to me than making a phone call to I a doctor. I forgot. It's... That's one of your frogs. That's how one of the frogs you have to swallow. What episode did we talk about swallowing with frog on? It's the just dead worst. Yes. Calling to make appointments is my kryptonite. Yes. Okay. So if that's something that's hard for you, that's even a heftier task. But I just write down my tasks and then I put them in my calendar with a time slot and right. a little alarm so that I'm actually know when I'm doing each of those things. I don't just have a to-do list that's hanging over me. I know when I'm doing each of those things. 
It's so great. I've picked up this habit too and I have found it has really benefited my life and it really kind of lines up. I've been having fun playing with that in conjunction with what Shira Gill taught of just setting a timer to do something. Yeah. And so those two together, I am so much more productive. Yes. And I think we grabbed this idea from the Brooke Castillo throw away your to-do list Mm -hmm. episode. This is kind of what she talks about and how she helps you actually not have a running list of things, but have them on your schedule. Yeah. Right? So I love that. That is the key, is like having it on the schedule. It's not just like, oh, that's the t- the one for tomorrow or whatever. It's, it's actually creating the time for that task. Yep, absolutely. Yes. So that's the first thing I do. And then the second thing I do, if I've checked my list off and now I'm sitting in bed, and that's when I start doing really stupid things. And I say stupid because... They're mindless. They're scrolling. They're commenting. They're watching things. Sending shows, memes to people. Sending memes. Yes. And sometimes that's so fun and I totally want to do it. And Please don't stop sending these to me. Sometimes I ask myself the question, would I set my alarm and wake up early to do this? Such a good question. And that has been a question. I literally, at first, I wrote it in my phones because I knew I would forget what the question was. And now I have it memorized. But I'll ask myself, would I wake up early to do this? Because if you really think about it, it's cutting into the same sleep hours if you do it at night or you do it in the morning. Right. And if it's not something I would wake up early to do, then I just know that it's a waste of my time and I don't do it. I love that thought, Britt. I love that you also had to write it down in your phone. You actually planned the thought. I did because I'm telling you, I think of good thoughts sometimes and then I can't remember them. Right. And you're like, wait, I wanted to keep that one and now I can't. Yeah. So that, this, is, this is how you train your thoughts, you yeah. know? Yeah. Okay. So what about you? How have you gotten into the habit of getting up early? Because I know that you have done a total 180 with your wake up early thing. It's been really miraculous and actually very inspiring because you used to be a Night Owl sister. You bet I was. I could text you at 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. Whatever. You up? What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, you're in bed. I know. And you're getting up early, girl. You're responding to texts in the early hours of the morning. You've been an inspiration. So how have you done it? Well, you know, I try. So a couple of years ago, I decided I was going to start getting up early. The biggest reason probably why is because my husband, Dylan, is the opposite of me. He's an early riser and he has these amazing habits of getting up and doing his workout and walking our property and feeding the dog and sometimes even getting breakfast ready or, you know, jumping on a call or whatever he has to do. And honestly, the the amount of things he got done before I was ever even awake. Yeah. It was a little bit embarrassing. Right. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a shame puddle. I feel you. That's how my dad was and that's how my husband is. So I I get it. That's probably why Matt and Dylan like each other. Yeah. Yeah. They can call each other at 530 in the morning and totally normal. Exactly. Completely normal. Okay. So because he gets up so early, he also goes to bed really early. He's in bed by nine o'clock. Done for the day. Nine o'clock in bed. And I sometimes before I'd be like, oh yeah, must be nice. You just get to climb into bed and I'm just going to keep wrangling the kids and... You know, deal with the house. Yeah, and... I'll just shut down out here. Hold on, let me get the lights, lock the doors. Yeah, I'm kidding. He does all the lights and the doors. But <laughs> I have decided that I wanted to get up early because we would have that time in the morning together, and it's such a great way for us to start our day. 
is to be up in the morning together and be like, hey, what do you have today? Oh, here's a cup of tea. And he does the most amazing thing in the morning. He lights a fire in our oh. fireplace, a real wood-burning fire. And you fire. get to actually be a part of that now. Yes. And so he lights a fire in our fireplace. I usually make some tea. We sit in our living room, our favorite room in the house, and I do all of my studying, my meditation, anything like that, any type of a spiritual practice that I want to participate in that morning is what I do. And it seriously starts off our day so well. Not to mention that you went to bed the night before when he went to bed. I went to bed the night before when he went to bed. So now we're sandwiching our day. We start the day together and we end the day together. And before I was like, okay, you're going to bed. And then I'd stay up for hours. And then before I knew it, we were never going to bed together. Yeah. So I could never get him wrangled into my reality TV the way I wanted to. Right. Which can create a lot of resentment on both ends if you're not careful. Totally. So it's so interesting how you make this whole shift has probably really like turned the volume down on the resentment button. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Turn I'm just thinking down. of, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like same for me as I've started to be better about getting up and getting things done and going to bed when my husband goes to bed it really makes a difference on both of us kind of feeling like we're on the same page. Totally on the same page. And when you're getting up earlier, it just propels you to go to bed earlier. And uh, so, so that's why this is your cycle. tip. This is why it works. So instead of going to bed early first, it's almost like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. The thing that comes first is wake up early. Because if you wake up early, then you'll be kind of forced to go to bed early. Yeah. Because you're exhausted. At four o'clock in the afternoon, you want to die. Yeah. But you can't. So you push through. Yep. And then you're good. You go to bed at nine and it's so great. And then the cycle continues. Yes. Then you have time to work out the next morning. So has it gotten easier to wake up earlier? No. Okay. Darn it. No, it's still totally hard. But my compelling reason to start my day off well, to be up and at them before my kids even get up, it's a compelling enough reason for me to do it. I love it. That's such a good snapshot on how you can kind of shift so many things by making one different decision. Mm-hmm. Like one thing you changed and it's domino affected so many things. Yeah. The only hiccup I'm starting to see is on the weekends because I have kids that will like go out and do things now is that I have to stay up to go get them. Yeah. And that's the only time where I'm like, oh man. I can't even stay up past 10 anymore. Okay, well, that's for your weekends then. Okay, well, let's transition to eating. Okay. We got a quick takeaway for you on eating. I love this one. Because there are a lot of thoughts there, you know? There's a lot of, I ate too much. I'm starving. When am I going to eat next? Where am I going to eat next? Where am I going to eat? Is there going to be a healthy option? Like all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of thoughts about how we could plan better for eating in general. And that's a whole nother episode. We're not going to even talk about that today. Today, we just want to talk to you about something that we've learned from life coaching. Multiple coaches that we follow and uh, learn with. They talk about this concept of eating to your twos. So Cassandra, tell us what eating to your twos looks like. So let's pretend that we have a hunger scale. And it goes from negative 10, which means you're literally dying in the Sahara Desert. Starvation. Starvation. To a positive 10, Thanksgiving Day, you're going to pop. Absolutely. Okay. And then zero in the middle is, I'm hungry. Yep. Zero in the middle is, I'm hungry. So tell them how you shift on that scale, Britt. So what you want to do is you want to start becoming super conscious 
very aware of where you're at on that scale. So if you're hungry at a zero and you eat, do you eat until you're a seven every time? You're not a 10, you're not gonna pop, but you're really full. Do you let your hunger slip into the negatives all the time? Like, do you let yourself get to a negative five before you finally eat? And then do you overeat to a six? So you're just kind of becoming conscious of where you're at. And what these coaches recommend is that you eat to your twos, meaning when you're at a negative two, you eat. So you don't eat when you're at zero, when you're just hungry. You let yourself get to a negative two. Right. So at zero, you allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Yeah. At a negative one, you're still allowing yourself to be a little bit uncomfortable. Hmm, I'm hungry. I'm noticing that I'm hungry. Maybe you're trying water. You're trying some other things to see, am I thirsty or am I hungry? And then you're like, nope, I'm still hungry. Nope, I'm hungry. So it's building a little bit. You get to a negative two, you eat. And then the trick is you only eat to a positive two. What? So you just... Barely satiate that hunger. You feel satisfied and satiated, but you are definitely not brinking on, I'm full, I'm getting a little uncomfortable, any of that. And that honestly was the hardest part for me, was eating only to a two, because I feel like when I'm being really conscious and I'm watching it, then I'm not finishing my plate. Well, it's so funny you say that, because just downstairs, me and Britt and her husband, Matt, were all chit-chatting, and I was eating my lunch, my salad, And I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't paying attention. And now I feel too full. Like, I should have left some leftovers in there. Right. Like, I'm just, like, a little bit too full. I'm like, oh. Uh, I ate just a little bit more than I needed, than my body needed. Right. We're not going to even try to pretend like we know how to teach intuitive eating. But in my mind, this is a step in that direction where we're being really conscientious about where our hunger scale is at. Mm -hmm. And so that is just a little tip we wanted to leave you guys with is consider paying attention to your hunger scale and try it. Try getting to a negative two before you eat and only eating to a positive two and see how you feel. Yeah. So notice when you're at your twos and then in your evenings, be conscious, develop your routine for nighttime. What starts to shut your mind and your body and your emotions down? Yep. And in the morning, what's your routine going to be in the morning? I hope it involves a wood fire. Wouldn't that be nice if all of us had husbands out chopping wood? Well, you should have married Paul Bunyan. That's right, like you did. <laughs> so this has really helped us to totally try to get us. to try to get a handle on our sleep and try to get a handle on our eating. And of course, we're human beings and we're not always perfect. But having this toolkit is something we can go back to when we go a little rogue. Right. We go. Oop. I think part of the problem is I haven't been eating to my twos. Yeah. Or we go. Oop. I think part of the problem is I haven't been intentional about my sleeping habits. Makes a big difference. Huge difference. Hopefully there's a little takeaway for you guys and you can have a little something something to think about when you're going to bed and when you're eating because we have to do it every day. Every stinking day. All right. Well, we're going to transition on over to our Well Looky Here's. Britt, I'm so excited about your Well Looky Here today. You know what? It's just a really good one, guys. It's It's just adorable. It's just really adorable and it's really pretty and everything. And I just love it so much. So there's this brand called Print Fresh. It's printfresh.com. And you may have seen the items from this company in your local boutique. Yeah, like your super cool boutique. Like your store that isn't a chain. Right. Right? So they're buying this wholesale and then they're reselling it. 
but I'm telling you these are the cutest things. So specifically, I want to talk about their products that are their velvet journals. They are so stinking cute. They have everything from spell books to gratitude journals to moon goddess books, agendas, and they are so pretty. They're totally books that you want to have on your coffee table. And they're also wonderful gifts. And I feel like they're really fairly priced and they're very pretty and you should just go check them out. So you can see them online or maybe you've already seen them at one of your local stores. But I'm obsessed. Super cute. I love them too. Such a cute gift for anybody, really. Yeah, really anybody. Seriously, anybody. Yep, love it. What about yours? Okay, so mine, I'm really excited about mine today too. Yeah, yours is a good one. Yeah, I have this one coming in the mail. Mine is semi-handmade cabinets. Have you guys heard about this? So what they do, if you are doing a kitchen remodel, a bathroom remodel, or they even do it with their media cabinets, you can buy the base cabinets from Ikea, And then this company has created more designer-friendly, super stylish finishes and doors that you can put on the front of the Ikea cabinets. So brilliant. Yeah, it really elevates the whole look. So Dylan and I, we own senior living homes, and we have these little tiny California ranch homes with a little tiny kitchen in there, and we obviously want to watch our costs at all times and so when this company came out with a way to make an Ikea kitchen not look like an Ikea kitchen it's so brilliant yes so I'm really excited um the internal box doesn't totally matter how that looks I mean you don't really even see it right so none of that matters I paid my nephew to make a little media cabinet for my daughter Esty's room from Ikea from Ikea And I have the door panels that are coming this week. Oh, door panels coming this week for the media cabinet. Yes. So if you try the best of media systems from Ikea, any of their kitchen systems and their bathroom systems, their bathroom vanities, then you can find cabinets from semi-handmade that are compatible with them. So you'll get like a really elevated custom look with Ikea cabinets. Oh, it's the best Such tip. a fraction of the price. So oh, I wish I would have known about this when I redid my kitchen. I know. It's kind of great. Like, I definitely am, like, just itching to redo Dylan's office, too. Like, hey, don't we need floor-to-ceiling cabinets in there? Especially now that you have yeah. this, because you're like, it's doable. Yeah, it's totally doable. Wow, that's really cool. Well, thanks for the good tip. I'm going to use it. You betcha. Okay, well, you guys, we appreciate you being with us. Hope you got a little something from this whale check. Uh-huh. And we hope you go throughout your week and be well. Be well. Let's hook up on Instagram at the Well 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 Podcast for a little bit more Well Well Wellness.